And what is up, everybody? Everybody, I am Joe DeHoyos. I am host of um, Real quick, before we get started, I'd like to talk about uh, some of the things that I'm involved with. For those who don't know, I am part of the JRG, which is the Jevening Research Group. And um, we have teams in Minnesota, Florida, Ohio. Um, where else do we have? Uh, California, Michigan, South Carolina, uh, Oklahoma, and of course here in Texas. And there's a few more that I forgot. I didn't bring my notebook like I usually do. But um, yeah, if you can help them out and joining the show, I mean joining the show or joining the team, uh, um, you know, just hit me up, man. I'd love to, you know, we get you acclimated to a team or uh, we'll get you uh, uh, hooked up with some people in your area and hopefully you guys can help out. And you guys don't have to get out into the field. You can always just uh, do some research from behind the computer. Behind, you know, we'd love to have you be able to find witnesses for us, find places for us to go and uh, research um, and be able to, to uh, uh uh, maybe they give us suggestions on techniques and things like that. So uh, if, if you're interested, you know, we'd love to have you. And uh, you know, like I said, anyone can help out. It doesn't matter what your background is, uh, uh, what walk of life, what your, your um, uh, appointment is. Just, you know, if you guys want to help out with this search for this elusive command, we'd love to have you. And, uh, you know, just hit me up at beyond.woodline at gmail.com and we'll get you guys started. And um, with that being said, man, I'm happy to introduce my uh, my guest tonight, uh, Mr. Chris Patty. How you doing, Chris? I'm good, thanks, Joe. What's I'm going good, on man. down good. there I'm in glad Texas? Glad. Just being hot, man. It's just, it's crazy hot down here. It's just uh, it's it's almost unbearable, dude. And uh, I think that contributed to my damn migraine yesterday. Honestly, side a little bit yesterday, and it was just beating me down. Man, when that migraine came on, I tried to hold on to it, and you know, you know, you know how they are, man. If anyone's ever had migraines, you know they they can be debilitating sometimes. It wasn't that bad, but I just I couldn't focus, you know. So uh, yeah. So, but I'm glad we were able to get together tonight and do the show tonight. No worries. Glad yeah. to be here. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Um, so yeah, if you don't mind? Why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself and what got you started with? Uh, with this crazy little subject? Well, how I got started was just basically probably seeing one oh, back when I was probably about 29 on a, uh, oh, what, I was must have been on a 10-day camping trip um, oh, yeah. around the Tamagami area, which is up northeastern Ontario. And um, I was just paddling along um, in a canoe, had my kid brother up ahead of me in the bow. And I said to him, hey, look over on your left there. There's a bear right over there. And the thing was on all fours, uh, drinking water out of, out of the lake. And it just seemed rather strange to me because um, the thing just turned around and walked off on all fours. And uh, next thing you know, he was up on two legs and walked off into the bush. And uh, my brother said to me, that doesn't look like no bear. And I said, uh, yeah, but why is this guy dressed all in black? And this is the Labor Day weekend, and it was still fairly warm. Uh, we were in T-shirts and uh, shorts and everything. This guy was, like, decked out uh, head to toe and looked like he had a black balaclava on. He had a black um, uh, winter coat on, black ski pants, black boots, black gloves which by the way were absolutely huge he almost looked like he had uh much like a goalie um style like uh sorry soccer goalie um style uh catcher's mitts you know those big mitts that these yeah. guys wear um just overly huge and he had a bit of a funny hunch to him he almost looked better he was better off walking on all fours than standing up on two because it looked like he had a bad back and his knees were bent and off you went into the woods. So that, and that stuck out to me for many years, not realizing what I was seeing until, you know, internet, you start checking things out, and then we're getting more reports from Ontario about uh, 
Sasquatch sightings and what have you. And then uh, did some more research and listened to other witness accounts, podcasts, and what have you. And I sort of put two and two together. And uh, that's when I figured it out finally, that many years later. Yes, and I mean, so like, what went through your mind like when that happened? Initially, the Bigfoot wasn't even on my radar. I didn't even know the area that we were canoeing in was um, a high sighting area. Um, actually, that's one of the top areas of, uh, of the Sasquatch sightings in Ontario is up in Tomogamy. There's uh, countless stories of people uh, spotting these things or getting stones thrown at them and um, cottagers seeing them. They were actually photographed by a couple of residents or um, seasonal residents. I have a cottage up there many years ago. Right. And um, probably the clearest uh, photograph uh, of a Sasquatch to date. Oh, nice, nice. And then, so like after that sighting, like you were saying, you you started seeing uh, these different, well, hearing different podcasts, I guess, and you started to put, you, you kind of together. Uh, what about your yep. brother? Uh, and again, he put that at the back of his mind because he didn't think he was seeing anything significant either. So he he's been joining us on on a few uh, field investigations now too. So. Okay. And we talk about it quite a few times, and he seems to think, well, he's not 100% convinced. He says, I'll believe it when I see one. I said, you did see one, but you just don't remember. <laughs> so. And how, how old were you guys when that happened? So, I was like 29, and he was like four years younger than me. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, you know, Things progressed further. I, I started working with another uh, with a company down in uh, South Carolina, and in my area, I was uh, I had to go and transfer for work to a new location up into eastern Ontario um, to cover my my um, I guess my my sales area, my new range of uh, northern Ontario and south. Uh, no, south, uh, eastern, and Quebec. That was my new um, sales territory. And so, um, you know, I relocated up to a small little town called Bancroft, Ontario. And then from there, you know, we do some hunting up and around the area. You know, it's the favorite pastime. So out deer hunting and um, had a weird encounter too. Didn't see anything. But you got that feeling of being watched, and um, actually, it was I was turkey hunting at one time. That, that's another story altogether. Initially, it was uh, I was on a turkey hunt, and um, basically, what happened was I felt like I was being watched, and uh, loaded up my shotgun, and I said, "Okay, let's go. Whatever it is, like whether it's a cougar or whether it was a bear or whatever it was looking at us or looking at me, I was ready to go." And so it was just a matter of not being able to move forward to my, my hunting spot, which was up on a bit of an oak ridge there. And uh, I was sort of stuck there. I couldn't move. And then as that sort of dissipated, you know, I was able to move forward, but nothing happened. There was nothing, nothing made a noise. There was no turkeys. I didn't even see a squirrel that day. It was pretty quiet. So anyways, fast forward to uh, a Deer hunting. Check. You're, yeah, you're, you're good, but you're getting like an echo. <laughs> what you hit. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me one second there. Yeah, you can. How's that? You still have that, that little reverb, that little echo thing. How's going? that? That's a little better now, I bet. Oh, I was getting yeah, a reverb getting... over here in my ear earpiece. Uh, yeah, skip forward to deer hunting season. Um, called up a friend. Uh, we're going to go hunt this new spot. And uh, sitting around the fire the one night, you know, we were just, you know, shooting the breeze and what have you, having a beer or something like that. And then we heard a scream off down the end of the lake. And I said, well, did you hear that? And he said, he barely heard it, but 
he said it sounded like a friggin' ape or a monkey or some sort, like make it a weird, weird scream of some sort. So, anyways, the next day we went out into the boat and uh, we got to this spot where there's no roads, no road access, only boat access, and we were hunting this uh, friend's uh, uh, property up there, right by his cottage, and I went up to uh, up a high ridge and it was a really uh it was a tough it was a tough climb up that ridge so i'm up on top of this ridge and my buddy's about um i don't know 300 yards uh, we can't see each other he's down right below the ridge and uh, i'm getting this weird clicking noise in my i don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, uh headphones that are called uh, walker game mirrors where it's, it's basically a noise canceling, but it also has a microphone there that helps amplify the ambient sound around you. Right, um, yeah. Yeah, you can hear a deer walking by through dry leaves, no problem. So I was getting this weird sounding growl at first. I'm thinking, well, that must be my stomach or something making that funny noise. So I'll just shut them off and put them down. And then um, I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, a tree gets pushed down, probably about 100 yards in front of me. And I, I, I threw the headphones back on, turned them on, and uh, I couldn't hear you know, what pushed down the tree. I was expecting to hear some sort of footprints or something. Didn't hear a thing, but now I was getting a weird clicking noise in my uh, headphones there. Couldn't figure out. I figured these things were just broken. And they were malfunctioning or something, so I ended up throwing them down. So it was a weird clicking sound of some sort. So I didn't know what to make of it. So, anyways, long story short, I've uh, that's how I sort of really spiraled right into this. And then I just went online, uh, started talking to a few people online, uh, checked out another uh, group called uh, Hastings County Sasquatch which was the county I was in. And I asked him if that uh, page is still active. And he says, oh, yeah, definitely active. So we uh, eventually met up for uh, a beverage and just, uh, you know, he gave me the uh, lowdown on what's going on in his area. And uh, from there, we did a few investigations after that. Started buying equipment, and we really got into it fairly deep. And so, yeah, <laughs> now, now we're right into the aspect of the investigations now. Yeah. So, like, what's some of your favorite places to go investigate? Or do you have, like, one place in particular that you go investigate right now? Uh, <clears throat> right at this moment, yeah. It's, it's not in Hastings County, but um, uh, we got a few sp spots here. Um, actually, we do have one in Hastings County that we're going to go back to visit probably in the next few weeks. But the, another spot that we're checking out, and we're doing a joint investigation with two other uh, Sasquatch investigation groups. One is uh, Ontario Sasquatch and uh, Upper Canada Sasquatch. Now, these are, you know, Ontario Sasquatch probably gets the bulk of the reports, and they don't necessarily um, put them out there. They just strictly... Uh, share them with investigators. So that was a good team that we sort of hooked up with. Now we're not we're not talking about that other group called um, Sasquatch Ontario. That's not the group. Not to confuse anybody, it's Ontario Sasquatch. So, okay. uh, <clears throat> and the other group is Upper Canada Sasquatch, and uh, they got a little uh, team of people, and we all sort of sometimes sometimes. Not everybody from Hastings County Sasquatch can make it or from Ontario Sasquatch can make it, but we always have like a number of people available, teams to go up and investigate this one particular area, which is up north of the uh, little town called Perry Sound in central Ontario. Okay. <clears throat> and it was, uh, that, seem, that place seems to be you know, producing quite a bit. Like we've, uh, like I said, I, I think I sent you a, a video of uh, some FLIR footage of one sort of crossing in, in front of the camera and it through our line of sight. 
I wasn't even concentrated. I wasn't trying to capture that one on, on the FLIR. I was, I was concentrating on another one that was sort of popping in behind a, a tree because we were catching his eyes shine with uh, night vision and we switched over to, uh, therm to the thermal uh, FLIR. And right. that's when we had the secondary one come walking out in front of us. So, and then since then, we've uh, did some more follow-up investigations trying to establish, like from our line of sight exactly, how tall that, uh, where this eyeball was, was as far as our line of sight goes. And um, we came up, we, like we brought surveying equipment and everything up there. And we established it was about nine and a half, probably about nine and a half feet tall. That's where the uh, eyeball was, in and around there. So if you have to add another, what, another six inches on top of that, above the eyes, you'll, you'll probably get a rough idea But what the height of it. But uh, the reason why we're going back there, because we have another investigator that actually owns the property. He sort of is the landowner. But he joined in on the investigation now. He's now part of the team, and he does. Uh, he did a lot of uh, the hiking in the area, and he came across a 22-inch uh, uh, print in the snow, or like a trackway, with uh, I believe it was like a four and a half, maybe a five-foot stride at a time. So he can't, he couldn't really put one foot in front of the other to match those uh, those uh, that trackway with his own stride. So there, there's more to that too, but uh, yeah, we we figure we got like a small little family uh, living in that area. Yeah, yeah, Canada's really got a lot of land that's uh, untouched. You know, uh, there's no telling. I hate to sound like I'm exaggerating, but really, there's no telling what what is out there. You know? Yeah, compared uh, compared yeah, to, to to Texas, for instance, like uh, I'm. The province of Ontario is 1.5 times the size of Texas. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, a lot of that stuff is, you know, is is untouched. You know. Um, yeah. Most not, not go there. Yeah. Most of the cities are located close to the U.S. border, actually. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading something about that. Like, like almost all the population is by the border, and there's even some parts over like where the border's at that comes down below, you know, the, the United States. That there's more population of the United States than there is. In, in in Canada, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but uh, tons of place for them to hide up there. Yeah, and uh, like, I, well, really, they don't even have to hide. There's nobody to hide from. <laughs> you know, there's nobody. There's nothing up there. And uh, I think that's uh, a lot of people really don't think about that. And uh, it's definitely one place that I'd, I'd love to go visit. I was I got a friend of mine that lives in. Uh, I believe it, she lives in Ontario, man, and I, I want to go up there because she's in she's in a paranormal field, and uh, uh, they do paranormal investigations up there. And she's invited me. And I thought, yeah, as soon as I get my my passport, I'd I'd love to get up there and, um, uh, you know, go up there for a visit and shit. You know, while I'm up there, go look for Squatch. You know. Yeah, you you might be disappointed compared to your Texas uh, saw Squatch, I guess. You got you, they're more aggressive down there, from what I understand. Yeah, they definitely um, uh, they're not friendly. I guess you could say that um, they have a lot of um, I guess like encroachment, like like on their land and uh, uh, on our territory. Really, you know, uh, there's a place that uh, a friend of mine had his encounter at, and he, what the one he saw was actually like nine and a half feet tall, also. And we've been going out there for quite a while, for about three years, and we just found out that um, right after his uh, encounter, maybe within the year, we found out that they're going to start uh, building homes out there now. You know, and to us, that was just a little bit of a coincidence. What's up, Shannon? Yeah, that was. You know, I, I think that's um, because uh, he he ran into some issues after he came out and told us his encounter. You know, he got a couple of phone calls, so we figured that's uh, that's part of it, kind of encroach on their territory and move them out, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think they do that down here at least, you know, the powers that be. Um, well, and also we're, we also get some reports 
and we haven't really released a whole lot on that as on our website and what whatnot <clears throat> was um we're getting some reports of people spotting them right within the city limits like we just did one podcast i don't know last month regarding one fisherman along the grand river of Brantford, ontario and uh he, he had two of them uh right in, out in front of him drinking water right out of the uh right out of the Grand River in front of him while he was out um, fly fishing. Yeah. And he's he's right within the uh, city limits there. Hmm. And then we have another one right by a major uh, city. And it's like a little green space, I guess, like in a little gully or a, a little gully or a park yet of some sort um, that has, you know, connections to, you know, the Green Belt area. And he's he's spotting them uh, right, right within the city limits of a, of a fairly big city, on the ex on the outskirts. Um, did you guys get any reports of dogman up there? Yeah, that same that same um, investigator. That's also the landowner where he has a squash family up on his property. Um, he tear us all over Ontario during the winter time. Uh, on a snowmobile, like a little mini vacation. I guess he has uh, winters off pretty much. And and lo and behold, he had a great eye because he's on the trails and he's looking at uh, canine tracks. But the thing is, these canine tracks have a stride to them, and there's oh. no over there's no overlapping like forward front paws or anything like that. It's just strictly almost like it was uh, bipedal, a bipedal, um, you know, canine, and a very big uh, size uh, track too. By the way, I don't know if he had a, uh, he didn't have a um, measuring tape with him. He's out uh, booting around on his snowmobile, but uh, uh, they were fairly large. And and I, I offhand, I don't remember. Uh, exactly what the strides were. I'd have to get back to you on it. Yeah. But yeah, it was significant. Yeah. I was looking for her message. She said, uh, we did an investigation at Buck Hill Road near Ottawa, and the activity was crazy. We we accompanied a team that was very knowledgeable about the site. They told us that it was one of the most active Bigfoot areas in Ontario. We even played a couple of Bigfoot calls to see what would happen. It was amazing. Yes, I don't know where that's at. Buckhill World near Ottawa. I don't know. He said it was a pretty active area for Bigfoot, but yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they seem to be everywhere. Right, yeah. But you know, we talked about um, I guess coming in near like subdivisions, you know. My sister actually contacted me about three years ago and was like, hey, because uh, she used to work for HOA, you know, the homeowner association. And um there was a new subdivision it went up right outside of houston and uh it was once well it's, it, it's still heavily wooded but you know that whole subdivision was once a bunch of wooded area and the new homes went up she got a call from the homeowner and he told her he goes he goes hey who do i need to talk about who do i need to talk to about seeing a big wolf and she's like well, what do you mean she goes he said i saw the biggest wolf i've ever seen and she says, uh, I guess I'll call animal control for you guys. And he's like, no. He goes, this was huge. He says, I've hunted all over the country. He goes, I've hunted elk and bear. He says, I don't have anything big enough to take this wolf down. That's what he said. It was just crazy, you know. And uh, so there are a few sightings of dogmen around Houston. Not a lot, but enough to keep it interesting, enough to, uh, you know, keep your head on the swivel when you go out there. And uh, but uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with with Texas, but you have Houston and north of us is Dallas, kind of north east of us is Austin and uh, more easterly is San Antonio. So between San Antonio and Austin is called the hill country, very hilly, rocky area. Um, right. And it's uh, that's what dogman country is, uh, for, you know, for here in Texas, that's where dogman is mainly. Uh, reported and, and, and seen. And uh, there's not a lot of brush, there's not a lot of cover, but it's so hilly and rocky and there's a lot of ravines, a lot of gullies. Uh, 
quite a few rivers and big creeks there. Even when these creeks are dry, you know, they're still like eight, nine, ten feet deep, you know. So anything wanted to move around out there, you'd, you'd never see it, you know. And then again, like I said, it's so hilly and rocky. Uh, it's beautiful country, man, beautiful country out there. And, uh, you know, when you're driving down there, you're driving, you know, you got hills on both sides. and uh, You know, you, you just never know what's, on, what's out there. And at night, it, it can get pretty creepy, man, you know. I'd imagine, yeah. I always yeah. wanted to go and check out uh, one of your national parks. Is it Big Bend down there? Big Bend is more towards El Paso. Yeah. 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 I always wanted to go and check out that area. Yeah, yeah. Big Bend is it's pretty cool. I've been out there. They actually have like the fossilized uh, dinosaur tracks out there too, and you know bones and stuff. Uh, the San Houston Forest is where I go, which is north of Houston, about an hour north of me, and uh, that's that's like a heavy area. And then East Texas, which is done hour east of me so yeah yeah it's it's, it's pretty heavy uh, a lot of activity there a lot of activity and uh, i've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of witnesses out there you know um, up around dallas area not necessarily in the metropolitan area but like either east or west and i was, earlier i said east for austin and san antonio it's actually west but right. east and west of dallas and fort worth area it's it's a lot of uh, open country out there too a lot of wooded area Texas isn't as flat as people think. It's very hilly. Um, most of our uh, mountains are West Texas, uh, but uh, it's very hilly in, in, in Central Texas, uh, a little bit in the East Texas. Very, very heavily wooded in East Texas. I mean, almost from the Gulf all the way up to Arkansas. And uh, so it, we get a lot of reports out of those areas. And uh, it's... Pretty some pretty scary, pretty uh, aggressive uh, uh, encounters. And Sandra has a question: Do you think Sasquatch and Dogman share the same areas? What do you think about that? I I have yet to see a uh, uh, a Dogman, right. but they could. They it sounds like they uh, they pretty much are, judging from um, yeah. you know the tracks that one of our investigators found. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they necessarily share the same area, like, you know, because I don't think squatches in particularly share the same area with other groups that plan. That's, you know, just my opinion, just because uh, people have heard, you know, these things fighting. I don't know if you've had any, any reports of that, but I've heard a couple of reports here in Texas where people were saying it sounded like they were fighting. It didn't sound like they were just, you know, chatting and calling each other back and forth. They sounded like they were getting it on, you know, screaming and hollering. And right, so right. You know, I don't know. Have you guys had had? Do you have any reports of that? Not, not, not really. So much uh, fighting in the, in between the twos. I never got any reports on that end of things. But uh, yeah, we do get vocals or vocalizations. In fact, yeah. what pr probably about three or four weeks ago. Oh yeah, about three weeks ago, we were heading into one investigation area, and as we we're crossing over a. Um, Railway track, track bed. Uh, we got something very similar to the Ohio How. Oh, nice. uh, I don't know if you heard them before, but yeah, we got a back to back. There was two of us crossing the track, and as soon as we got dead center in the track, um, it went off, and we got a nice long drawn out Ohio Howl. Right. And then probably about three to four seconds later, it repeated itself. It's the exact same Howl. So, uh, other than that, yeah. it's we we've got um, a lot of tree knocks. Obviously, you guys got the the knocking sounds they make. Right. Uh, I've like I said, I've heard the clicking sounds. Um, the only other thing that I've heard, which was uh, kind of weird, and I still can't put my finger on it, but I suspect that's what it was, was uh, when I was up in the Tomogamy area when I had my first sighting. We were heading up to a, a ridge line, what we call a mountain up there. It's a bit of a hike. But we camped out on top of this mountain, and uh, we were hearing some sort of crazy-ass uh, screams there heading off the west, and we couldn't figure out what the hell it was. We were, we were sleeping with our axes and our, and our <laughs> knives in the tent that night, so we had no idea what that was. So Yeah. Uh, and then checking things out, it was, uh, I, I found the closest thing to that was the Shawnee National Forest 
um, vocalizations. You can find that on YouTube, and that's exactly what I heard that night. But yeah, that's about it uh, as far as vocalizations go. Thanks, Rich. Hey guys, uh, hey guys, I just want to appreciate uh, tell you guys I appreciate you guys joining in and watching and giving comments and questions. I really do appreciate it. I'm sure Chris Chris appreciates that too. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, you know, you, you talked about sleeping with your 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 axe and knives. Uh, the very first investigation that I went with with my good friend Shane, um, we met up at the same Houston. The first time me and him had met together, we had known each other on Facebook maybe six, seven, eight months. You know, and we had planned this trip, and it's the first time I met him, and we're out there, and uh, I went out there and I had two pistols with me. I had I had a forty and a forty-five. And, um, we're sitting out there and. The first night we're out there, man, we're here. When I get there, it's maybe 11 o'clock in the afternoon or in the morning, whatever. And I get off my truck, and I haven't even taken anything off of my truck. I haven't even put my bed, uh, my tailgate down. I just get off. I'm walking to my to the tailgate, and I hear a tree knock. And it sounded like batting practice, right? Just this solid, solid knock. And I was like, holy shit, you know. And I put my tailgate down. I, I'm throwing everything out of my truck. And I hear like two or three more. So, and I knew he was on his way. So I called him up. I said, Hey, man, where are you at? He's like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not too far. I'm about, you know, 20 minutes away. I said, Okay, you got to get down here, man. We're here. I'm here in Tree Knox already in the, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, you know. He gets there. We hear a couple more. Uh, night falls. And it's just me and him out there. And like, we don't go to the campground. We go, you know, we do our, our primitive stuff. And uh, we're out there. Man, we're here. In, knocks we're hearing tree breaks you know we're hearing these weird ass howls we had never heard before neither one of us um it, and not to talk bad about shane but he's not really like an outdoorsy guy you know uh, or like a hunter or anything where I, i've had a lot of experience you know with that you know i mean i dude i used to have a freezer full of like hog deer uh duck you know rabbit squirrel i, I think i shot this about everything at one time or another you know and um so I was like, dude, I've never heard these screams, whatever's going on. And some of us sounded straight up like a chimpanzee, you know. And uh, so we're standing there. We're standing back to back. Well, well, we're standing shoulder to shoulder. I'm facing one direction. He's facing the other. And we just keep on saying to each other, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Because you know? <laughs> he's hearing shit and I'm hearing shit. You know, he's hearing, he's hearing like these, he heard like these two big thuds. He said, it's like, boom, boom, because it's not like two big ass footsteps, you know. I'm like, yeah, I, I heard it over here. And he said, did you hear the, st the step? I said, no, I heard the tree break, you know. It was a clean break, a snap. Mm -hmm. So everything finally dies down. It's maybe 1 o'clock in the morning. And he's like, uh, hey, man, uh, give me one of them guns. <laughs> <laughs> so he went to his tent. I went to my tent, and he slept with that pistol. And it, was, it was funny. He said, man, I had that pistol with me all night long. And uh, he said maybe about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, he said, man, I started hearing them wood knocks again. I said, dude, you should have got your recorder out and, and recorded them. At that time, everything he had, when he turned on, it would, it would like, you know, all the music would come on or whatever, the little chimes. So he's like, I didn't want to turn it on because I didn't want to scare anything away, you know. But I was like, dude, you should have, I, I was knocked out, you know, so I wasn't. Well, if I, if I come down to Texas, visit you, you got a, tech, uh, a pistol you can lend me. Yeah, heck yeah, man. <laughs> all right. We're not allowed to use a. Uh, our pistols up here we not even we can just take them to the range and that's it oh, yeah, that's, i'm pretty uh, proficient with one with one yeah. so. dude I'm, I'm better with a pistol than i am with a rifle i'm gonna tell you that right now <laughs> you know well if, if, if anything i've ever shot with a rifle has been really damn close to me you know i'm not shooting if it's 100 yards away i'll let it go i'm not gonna hit it yeah but you got yeah. rattlesnakes you guys take out with those things right well you've got shotguns for them things yeah Oh, okay. Yeah, don't miss those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to point. Get so accurate. But the main reason why why we carry pistols with us is just because the hogs and the bobcats. And oh, yeah. Now oh, sure, coyotes, sure. But you know, um, you know, everything down here is trying to kill us. You know, but uh, and, and really for the most part, like I hate snakes. I'll tell you that right now. I hate snakes, so I don't like fooling with them. But for the most part, they'll they'll leave you alone. They'll actually, you know, squirm away from you. You know, if they can, they get a chance. You know, kind of mess with you. You'd probably have to step on one for them to bite you, you know. Yeah, the only uh, the only time we don't even take shotguns out on our investigations uh, at all. We we did it at the very beginning, 
but we never had to go and point it or fire it or a warning shot off at all. They were, they, they had never really showed much violence to us. <clears throat> what we established is that they seem to be you know, a little more curious of uh, us, you know, bald people <laughs> with no hair. They always yeah, seem. They seem to come in and uh, watch us around the campfire, watching us roast, uh, you know, hot dogs and what have you. And right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that tends to be where we get most of the action is sitting around camp. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I have to agree with you. And uh, we found our little secret weapon here: is Snickers bars. Oh, really? We'll we'll set these up, and uh, we set this up by an old barn and everything, and. We'll go and check it the next day, and all the Snickers bars are gone. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I think they like them better than peanut butter, believe it or not. Yeah. So. I had a friend of mine in, uh, in South Carolina, actually. Uh, he went out, and he, he left a jar of peanut butter out by this bridge where they had been uh, sighted a few times. So he went out there. He left the peanut butter jar out there, and uh, he came back like a couple of days later, and... Uh, he saw the jar was still sitting there. He goes, dude, it looked like it was full. You don't look like anybody touched it. He goes, so I picked it up. He said, I unscrewed the lid. He goes, when I look, he goes, inside, it looked like somebody with a giant finger took out foot and scoop. You know, yeah. goes, why, why did it, it didn't take all of it? He goes, I don't know. He says, but it only took out that one little scoop. And they put the lid back on? Put the lid back on. Yeah, something took it off and put it back on, right? Yeah. Just, so, just so, Yeah, I don't think that was a raccoon. You know, I don't think it was a bear. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so wasn't yeah. a squirrel wasn't a squirrel yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, we saw um out in east texas we we went to this location where a friend of mine had an encounter and um uh, we saw this tree it was snapped off maybe a foot foot and a half off the ground and it was just like i mean just like completely tore up completely splintered i'm like you know what else is gonna do that you know we don't have any bear down here you know mm -hmm. unless a the hundred squirrels decided to tear down that little tree, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, yeah. And I mean, even, you know, me and a few guys couldn't, couldn't do that to that tree. That tree is maybe, I don't know, five inches round, six inches round, you know, you're just not going to do that. You know, it takes a lot of power. Yeah. We haven't even posted, um, some of our findings from our last, um, investigation where we had, um, again, we're sitting around the fire, same deal. And, um, you know, just shooting the breeze again, and then all of a sudden, crack, 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 and then a tree gets pulled down, right. and it, it was a dead tree, but at, at the same time, it was still very solid. It wasn't right. rotted. It was just dried and dead, and that was it, but something took it, grabbed it about nine feet up, and well, I believe it was nine feet up, <clears throat> snapped it, brought it down. It was the loudest thing when you're, you know, it's like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. Right. And we found the tree the next day. And, um, yeah, it wasn't, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a bear, that's for sure, because all the little uh, dead branches around were still attached to it, not, not, not broken off or anything. It was just grabbed and pulled down. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you know, that's like the third time that's happened to me now. So. Yeah, I went out with my, my friend Brandon. And he was taking me to an area where it was very active, where him and his family do their research. And we're going out there, and man, dude, it's a long drive. It's like 12 miles out in the middle of nowhere. And we're probably halfway out there, and I'm fucking flat in my truck. I'm following him, and I throw my left tire, just poof, just, you know, go flat. I'm like, shit. So I pulled over. He keeps on going. Then he finally realizes I'm not behind him. He turns around. And uh, I had one of those stupid, uh, uh, it's a Ford. It had those stupid little, like a special key to take off the spare tire, right? Yeah, right. And uh, I didn't have that key with me. I had just bought that that truck. It was a used truck, and I guess you know whoever was the previous owner didn't lost it or whatever, because I sure as hell didn't have it at that time. So we had to come all the way back into town, which is about a thirty minute drive, get a new tire, and come all the way back out. By the time we got out there, it was dark. It was really dark. It was really late in the evening when we're going out there and we're trying to put this tire on and uh also we heard it pop 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 and it was a tree getting pushed over and he looks at me and i said hey man did you bring your uh 
your gun with you? He goes, no. I said, I didn't bring my gun either because I wasn't planning on staying out there that late at night. He was going to come show me the area so that I could go out there and camp. He was going to let me camp his area. And it was just going to be a real quick trip. Show me where it's at and come back home. So we're out there at night unarmed. And we hear that tree get pushed over. And it was a definitely a, a live tree. Just It yeah. sounded like someone was shooting a gun, how it was pop, 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 way when it was just bending over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Then we definitely got that. Yeah. Then we Heard come back. Before. We come back to this other area in the same Houston. And uh, we're sitting over there. He's, he's showing me around. And uh, he's like, this is another good area that, you know, that we come to. We're just parked on the side of the road. It's a dirt road. And we hear these uh, these three screams. And he, and he holds his finger up like that, like for me not to say anything. And he's kind of holding his hand up like to listen. After those three screams, there were three whoops. And he goes, those, he goes, those screams were the females and those whoops were the males. I was like, really? And he said, yeah. He goes, they're going to move towards the males now. And then we started hearing knocks, wood knocks, and uh, uh, we're sitting out there, and I'm and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of freaking out a little bit. And then we hear something hit his truck, and it it, it actually hit uh, his headlight, and you can hear it because you know how the headlight's kind of plastic. Well, it's made out of plastic now instead of glass. You can mm -hmm. hear it bounce right off the headlight. So, like okay, so we just kind of stepped a little bit longer than I. He goes, you know, it's probably time for us to go. They probably don't want us out here. You know? <laughs> Yeah, just get out of here, you know. So yeah, that was pretty. That was actually one of the most intense nights I ha I've ever had. Yeah. Oh, there's. Every time I've been out, there's always more. You end up end up with more questions than answers. That's for sure. Always, always yeah. So, uh, I'm going to throw this question out to you, and I can get into more details. But I'm sure. Have you guys used remote viewers for your uh, Sasquatch investigations? I have. I've used remote viewers for certain areas. Um, and it's been inconsistent. I'll, I'll say that much, right? But the ones that hit seem to hit pretty good. Uh, and well, I don't want to say we as much as I have personally. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just because it's kind of like one of those subjects, you know, you don't want to, you know, uh, cross pollinate, I guess you want to say, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not really against that because mm -hmm. like I said, I, I, I will use it and, uh, or I have used it, but, um, uh, I just don't like use it exclusively, but I have used it like you were like, just to get to your question, answer your question. Yeah, I have used it. And the ones that have hit, have hit pretty accurate. And, uh, they were pretty, uh, they were pretty dead on, especially in, in that one particular area where, uh, like I said, my friend had that sighting of the nine and a half foot tall one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he actually, uh, well, she actually told me that there was several out there because, you know, usually you hear there's like, you know, six to nine in the clan. And well, at least that's what we hear down here. Right. And he was like, dude, we were surrounded by a lot. You know, there was a lot of them out there. And, and she she told me, she was, no, there's more than nine. There's, you know, there's like, probably, you know, 15 or 20 of them out there. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And that actually made a lot of sense because it kind of confirmed what, you know, what he was saying. Mm -hmm. yeah. I believe it. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, the ones that have, that have hit have, have really, really confirmed it, you know, uh, the areas. So, like I said, some have hit, some haven't. Some, like, I don't, you know, it, it's like they either, they've either gotten something or they've not gotten anything. So with that, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm on the fence because even the ones that, had, that haven't gotten anything, I believe that they're really good at what they do for sure. You know? So, yeah, yeah. we've, I think we've, we've used uh, remote viewers and it's good that some of them are investigators right here uh, with our groups that we, you know, network together with. And um, at least three of them on three remote views, they pretty much hit almost dead on uh, this one fellow by the name of Dan. He, um, told us where they're located. You can probably find them. He showed us on a map, generally, where you're going to find them. And uh, sure enough, um, we had some of the crew show up uh, for the investigation. And they no sooner dropped their trailer off. And I'm sort of sitting on the front bumper of their pickup truck. And I heard exactly what um, you know Ron Moorhead 
um, recorded like the samurai chatter. Right. We got that right off the bat. And then, so I just knocked on the trailer and said, Hey, I just heard the samurai chatter just up to the north, north side of the vehicle. And about a half an hour later, uh, another investigator took a little walk down that little dirt road and she came back, same thing. She heard, she heard them too, coming from that same general area. So, um, definitely samurai chatter. Uh, just like just like Ron Moorhead's recording, which I was just unbelievably blown away by it. Right. Yeah, I've heard. No, yeah, no, go go ahead. Ahead. no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Oh, um, and then most of our investigation, the, the, the second and third investigation area, that's where they're able to establish that. Well, there's at least a family of three of them. There's a, there's a big one uh, with the 22 foot or 23 22 inch track foot track with a you know um, an injury to the foot okay and sure enough and and our other investigator basically backs that up because you'd find the snow print uh, a snow track way this past winter so that checks out right. um and then there was the uh, third remote viewer and this is a new location in central Ontario. Um, again, this one's on public land. And sure enough, we found the bent tree that she sort of drew the picture of and everything. Uh, we found the location, so we tried to camp that fairly close to that area. And <clears throat> because it was public land, we had other people showing up on the weekend right. to do some camping. And... Uh, she was there too, and she sent. Uh, well, she said she sent a uh, telepathic message to him that we're just here to observe you and what have you. But the other loud partiers from across the uh, lake over here, it's okay right. if you scare them away. Right. And, yeah. And well, the next morning, yeah, they were all gone. The tent was there, and then somebody rolls up later on in the morning and tears down camp and cleans up after everybody they all took off that night hmm. some, sometime during the night so okay. unfortunately so, we, didn't get a, we didn't get a chance to interview them say hey, what happened to you guys last night what did you guys take off so are you in the field that they do have telepathic communication abilities well i i think um since the u.s government has been doing uh remote viewing mm -hmm. obviously there, there's got to be some validity to it i think some people yeah. have some people can read your mind and uh uh you know almost second guess what you're going to do next almost right. you know, almost like they have uh esp i guess right so yeah, yeah there's got to be something to it right i don't yeah. know i don't know about the sasquatch here but uh yeah. it's you know i think it's, it's certainly it's leaning that way you, you know i don't think that okay so i'm not like totally against it you know I'm not totally for it either. Uh, I'm probably more like along the line of thinking that, you know, just like us people, or just like, and I think any creature for that matter, are probably more in tuned or a little bit more uh, sensitive to that. Because I think even like, you know, you know, bears, wolves, coyotes, dolphins, you know, whales, uh, some are probably more sensitive than others, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, anything, you know, more special than the other ones, you know, just like, uh, like I don't have remote viewing capability, but you know, I know people that do. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I mean, other than that, there's nothing really more special. Right. And I just think that, that if we can do it, other animals should be able to do it. And, um, and, and, you know, like, not like every animal, people say like their animals kind of act weird before like an earthquake or whatever. Not not every animal does it either, you know. Uh, you know, there are some animals that are that are chill, you know, for two or three days prior and are just as surprised as people are, you know. But I think uh, you know, just because, you know, some are more in tune than others, you know. Oh, and uh, for sure. You know, and I, I so with that being said, you know, I do know a a young lady, I can I never can remember if she's in Idaho or in Illinois. It starts with an I, whatever state she's in. Um, you know, she had never had an experience with a Bigfoot, never even thought about a Bigfoot. Uh, she was out four-wheeling, and she got this 
like a projection in her mind where she saw a Bigfoot and she had no idea why she saw it, but it kind of uh, unnerved her a little bit. I, I don't want to say it scared her, but she was like, you know, she told her because her mom was on a four wheeler too. She said, hey, let's go back to camp. She went back to camp and uh, she said she was just feeling uneasy all that night. And, uh, you know, she wind up seeing one, the same one that she saw in her in in her mind, you know. And uh, she's like, I don't know why I saw it, you know, but she saw it. But, you know, try telling her that that doesn't happen, you know. So and that's one thing I don't do is I don't I don't tell people well, that didn't happen to you or you didn't experience that. You know, I, I never tell anybody that, you know. Yeah, it's just a matter of still under investigation. You know, cause it's, and it's the same thing for the people who say, you know, I saw it jump through a portal or cloak or disappear, you know. I don't tell anybody that's well, that's not what you saw. You know, I think there are different things out there and, you know, different entities or beings, whatever you want to call them, you know, and uh, everything is lumped together. But I don't think Sasquatch itself does that. You know, I don't know. You have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. For one, one investigation site down in Eastern Ontario, we'd, um, uh, we're, I'm running the night vision camera mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm getting these weird flashing lights coming from out of the ground, almost in a V shape, almost, and it was lighting up the vegetation around it. It's almost okay. like somebody somebody planted a, uh, you know, those '70s or '80s old school strobe lights in the ground. It was literally flashing like a strobe light. I'm going, what the hell is that? What's causing that? And it only run for about two or three seconds, and then it shut off. And by the time I you know, I called the other investigator over here. Hey, train your light over here, or, or train your uh, camera over here. I just seen um, strobe light. Explain that to him, and nothing. And at the same time, we're getting, we're hearing stomps out in the field. We're hearing footsteps all around us. So he turns around and starts facing another way, and then the strobe light goes off again. The strobe light effect, and, and to this date, I can't, I can't understand what the heck was causing that at all. But after the strobe light went off, um, we started getting stomping and getting growled at from that general area. So I don't, right. I don't know. I don't. Right. I, yeah, yeah. And see, I like, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, that's not what happened to you, Chris. You didn't see that, Chris. You know. I know. What can I want to ask? What I be right? You know, if I said that, you know, you didn't see it. Was, the night vision camera captured it. I wouldn't able to uh, capture it with my eyes. Right. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I I didn't have it trained up in my eyes. I was just holding it there, and you know, because there wasn't much of an eye relief, but it has a screen that I'm trying to film through, and it's picking up a strobe light coming out of, the, out of it. But I can't see with my uh, oh, with my naked eye. So right. that, that was the bizarre thing. So something we can't yeah. explain. Right. Exactly. And it was like uh, about two years ago, uh, one of my cousins he had a birthday party. It was right here in my neighborhood, and um, at a local little uh, bar, if you want to call it that. And uh, he, he was telling me, he goes, hey, man, you, you're into all the Bigfoot stuff, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah, we used to see one all the time at, at my grandpa's, on his dad's side of the family. He goes, I'm at my grandpa's property. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. And it was up north of Houston also, maybe about two hours north of us. He goes, yeah, we used to go over there. And he goes, there's a, like a big creek that runs through there. He goes, it was very wide. And it was deep enough to go swimming. He says, and uh, we used to see it all the time, standing on, you know, right on the edge of the wood line, staring at us, you know. He says, and one day my other cousin was swimming, and uh, they were coming down to the creek, and he jumped up out of the water and tried to scare everybody. He goes, but when he jumped up, of course, we looked over to go see, you know, who it was or what it was. He goes, when we looked up, he goes, in the background at the wood line, we saw that creature. We're like, hey, there he goes, there he goes. And everybody turned around, and they went chasing this damn thing. He said there was like, you know, 12, 12 kids, you know, all they're all like 14, 15 years old. And they're chasing this thing through the woods and they get to the clearing. He says when they get to the clearing and they're watching this thing run, he says it just kind of disappeared right in front of them because they all saw it. You know, was this a, a mass hallucination? You know, mm -hmm. so that's what I say. You know, it's like I'm not going to tell anybody that's not what you saw. I, but I just I have my own opinions and that's all it is. And I know some people get mad for having an opinion, but it's just an opinion. Um, you know, so, yeah. oh yeah, but, uh, 
Yeah, what you know, it? we're talking about that, uh, the samurai chatter. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard samurai chatter, but we were out there at my friend's area where he had his encounter with a nine and a half foot one. We were putting out trail cams and recorders, and we came back to his truck, and I said, let's just kind of sit here and be quiet for a little bit. He's like, okay. So we're just kind of sitting out there, and we hear what sounds like two women talking, you know, like uh-huh. a different language. And, I, and it, it, it wasn't, it was too far enough to really say that it was samurai chatter, you know, but it was uh-huh. definitely close enough to us to understand that it wasn't English, you know. But yep. you could tell it was too whatever the hell it was going back and forth. And he looked at me and goes, dude, do you hear that? I said, yeah, I hear it. I'm right here next to you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we've had um, even some of our landowners that, you know, hear some kids um, laughing and giggling from outside their window. And there shouldn't be no kids out running around at this hour, especially out in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. You know, I, so like in the, in the hill country areas where I got uh, some family has some land, They've had this land for over 30 years, and maybe about five or six years ago, they finally came to me and told me, goes, dude, I think we got Bigfoot on our property. And he started telling me all the stuff that happens out there. I'm like, dude, you got them out there. You know, I mean, everything from the rock throwing to being paced in the woods to hearing kids playing, you know, um, seeing something outside their trailer at night, you know, getting their tent pushed down from the top, (laughs) you know, all the (laughs) typical stuff, finding big prints. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a tough one too. They seem to be very careful about uh, leaving tracks. That's what we've noticed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little tougher for us up here. I don't know if you're familiar with well, especially central Ontario. Like when we start getting into um, uh, north of the Perry Sound area by the edge of Georgian Bay, it's all pretty much rock. Right. And with a you know a little bit of soil deposits but not much but right. predominantly uh uh granite rock you're pretty much on on bedrock everywhere up there yeah so, yeah that's like, uh, like like the hill country it's just all rock the only time they have found prints was like near the chicken coop or whatever uh you know when they leveled off the ground and built a chicken coop yeah and the only time we have ever found tracks out here is maybe like in the creek beds but it's always been like one print like when they're stepping across because there's so much leaf litter on the ground even even in the in the summer months when there's not a lot of leaf uh, a lot of leaf litter there is just a lot of brush you know and you can't make anything out really but your best bet is to look in the creeks and that's what we always do anyway we're looking all the creeks and you know but uh yeah yeah we do the same and we always carry a you know a package of uh casting material in a, in a plastic bag ready to go you just you know, pour in your pre-measured amount of, of water and it's ready to go and you just squeeze it in there. So yeah. we're all ready to go. We just need to find a track now. Yeah, last summer when I went out and uh, uh, I was out with, you know, my, two of my friends and uh, I went up getting upset stomach. I was like, I don't want to be out here anymore with a messed up stomach. You know, I'm, I'm heading home. And so I came home and they stayed out there. And they sent me pictures. They found like maybe like eight or nine different tracks, different tracks. Uh, and they were like, dude, you took the casting material with you. <laughs> so, yeah, so they were like, shit. But, yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys use for cast material? Um, plaster of Paris, mainly. There's something else there that we use. I forgot what it's called. It's more of a grayish color. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works really, really good. I really actually like that a lot better than Plaster of Paris. But uh, uh, you know, I, I, I use the Plaster of Paris all the time, so it's not it's not a big deal. Yeah, we've um, well, we sort of got turned on by uh, another brand by Ontario Sasquatch. These they have this brand. It's called Hydrocal. Yeah, there that's, you go. There you go. That's what it is. That's what it was. Yeah, apparently yeah. it casts up a lot quicker and right. it's a little bit right. harder and and tougher. So yeah, yeah that's what we've been. That's what we care. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we've casted some knuckle prints that that look like knuckle prints. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they look like if you dug your your hand like this, and in, into the ground, except a little bit wider. Yeah, you know, we can also prints like that. That's pretty cool. All right um, on. Well, cool beans, man, dude. We already talked for an hour. If you can believe that. Uh, <laughs> well, good. Yeah. 
I don't know. Time flies. I'm sure we haven't even touched everything yet. But yeah, so. yeah, man. Yeah, we got to do this again. We got to reschedule again and just talk away. And, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, if I could maybe make some announcements here, what we're up to. Yeah, maybe maybe find yeah, us. yeah whatever you want to talk about and uh, promote. Yeah, going. Well, we're, we're we basically run a, a podcast and also a Facebook page called Hastings County Sasquatch, and we usually put out a. A podcast about once a month usually we'll try and do something but what's the sense of putting the podcast out if you have nothing interesting to talk about so that's we, we just limited it to once a month and we'll put something out so we invite you guys to come and follow us and hit the subscribe button and just you'll be notified when our uh, next show comes out and, um, the other groups that uh, you know we research with is upper canada sasquatch you can find them on Facebook as well. We you know, sort of overlap our reports and you get some uh, good audio from there and good video uh, presentations there on our reports. And of course, Ontario Sasquatch, follow those guys too if you can. Yeah. And um, oh, I almost forgot to tell you guys, we're trying to do a, uh, since we're on the research aspect of things, we uh, launched an initiative called uh, Project Op. Overwatch, which is a GoFundMe as an initiative. We're basically trying to get at least three um, professional thermal drones up in the air. Like have uh, at least three different assets located in three different parts of Ontario. Like we were talking about, you know, being 1.5 uh, times the size of Texas, Ontario is. We and the drive times is just crazy. But if we have three investigation groups located equally spaced out, we could have these thermal drone assets available right. for quick deployment and, and uh, in operation and stuff like that uh, in no time. So that's Project Overwatch. If you want to, anybody's interested in maybe contributing to that, we'll definitely uh, probably give you guys a link. Anybody that contributes, we'd you'd get first-hand look at the footage we'll get. Yeah. So, by all means, just, you know, trying to promote this this uh, initiative anyways, let people know that, hey, we're trying it. They're out there. We know where they are, and it's not like we're just going to be flying them <clears throat> randomly right. like, like a needle in the haystack. We got, we got solid locations. Yeah. that are backed up by uh, the landowners and also eyewitnesses. And yeah. You know where and at. yeah. Well, you know, if that's anything like Texas, like you were saying, you know, even, you know, 10 square miles, that's a lot of land to cover. Drones would help out big time, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. Like, we were just out there, like, two weeks ago, and again, we're sitting around the fire, and we get a knock towards the north or the east or whatever. Right. You know, if we had another drone team, maybe, maybe about a mile, maybe two miles on another location, we could easily do a, you know, get on the radio or send a text message. You know, right. you know yeah. hey, we we got some activity in in green zone, which would be say the south or something like that. So we'd right. be able to fly, fly up a drone and get it in the air, and uh, you know, visually observe from from a distance, yeah. not just yeah. at nighttime, but also daytime, and yeah, and you know, it's 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 initiative that we're gonna try and it's gonna take place. It might take a little bit of time, but it's something that needs to be talked about and definitely yeah. Well cool beans, man. Yeah, anything you want to share, links or whatever <coughs> podcasts, you know, Facebook groups, man, tag me in them or send them to me and I'll share them for you, you know. Uh, or just post them in my group page. I don't know if you're a fan if you're a member of the Beyond the Woodline fan page. Uh, oh, I am. Yeah, I always uh, hop on from time to time. Yeah, when I'm yeah. available. Post whatever you want to post in there, man. Feel free. Well, definitely do that. Thank you, sir. And uh, for everyone else, like I said, I do appreciate you guys' participation, and uh, uh, I always appreciate you guys uh, just tuning in. Period, man. Thanks a lot for doing that. And uh, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna stick with this restream. It's giving me issues two weeks in a row, and kind of a pain in my ass at this point <laughs> so uh, you know i was kind of flustered in the beginning i was so pissed but anyway 
Anyway, I won't vent anymore. <laughs> cool, Chris. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. And don't forget the secret weapon if you're going to be out in the woods. Yeah. There. You can throw these at a Sasquatch and they'll leave you alone. <laughs> they, yeah, they get hangry, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, cool, Chris. Thanks a lot, man. I do appreciate it. Hold on real quick. And everybody else, I don't have a show lined up yet next week, but if I do, I will post it. Thanks a lot, well, man. If we get some more footage and uh, interesting things to share, I'm sure I'll be back on with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, like right. If you want to just come on and shoot the breeze, we can do that too. I'm, I'm good with that. But, uh, All right. Cool. All right, guys. Y'all have a good night. Hold on, Chris.